tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, in case you haven't noticed, we're no firemen. No shit, dude. Listen, there's literally no good quotes to use from this movie. I just had to go with something. I mean, as it stands, we're not really much of podcasters either. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. This is our 146th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. Presented by Wabam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M Entertainment. And tonight we continue our hops and B-list action star flops with 1998's Firestorm. We are fighting fire with fire, heading into the flames head on. This movie stars none other than Sunday NFL Fox's Howie Long. (laughs) Yes, that Howie Long, father of Chris Long. And uh, yeah, wait, and the the other one, he's got a, the Chris there's another, Long. Played, there's another long, yeah. There's another long, yeah. Yeah, Chris played for Mizzou and the Rams, and then his brother got into some trouble, and he was a guard for what the his name he is Oregon. Well, he was at Oregon for a hot minute. His name is uh, his name is the Footlong. Bears. Yeah, Footlong. <laughs> Along with me for this smoke jumping extravaganza are. Howie Long's axe-throwing coach, Captain Cash. You got to remember, it's mostly in the hips. Shoulders matter, mm-hmm. but it's mostly in the hips. Yep. Just go, go like life. on someone else, all right, Captain Cash? <laughs> uh, and we've also got the inspiration for all mid-90s William Forsyth characters, Chumpzilla. Yeah, you know, just getting that right balance of, like, greasy and, like, menacing, at the same time, kind of lovable and dumb. And, and bumbling, like, yeah, and bumbling, and then you know, yeah, uh, the neck tattoos and the uh, uh, the wild thing glasses really just like a, seal the look, like a doughy bear that somehow broke into a pizza parlor and got covered with grease. Yeah, that thing's dangerous, but at the same time, oh, yeah, I, I gotta say, the whole angle of him impersonating another prisoner. Seems kind of useless. I don't know. No, to- to- totally ridiculous. Like, I, I guess it's to tell us that he was too dangerous to be considered for that kind uh, of duty. And but like, really, like he doesn't seem that dangerous. He never, he doesn't never, really seem that dangerous. never comes into play when the tattoo rubs off his neck. By the way, I, I like how they, they casually do acknowledge that. I mean, hey, did that tattoo come off my neck? Oh yeah, it did. Whatever. Oops. <laughs> like literally, like they literally just like they point it out and then move yeah, on no, doesn't like, matter. That, there was a studio <laughs> note somewhere where they'd say well we noticed the the tattoo wasn't on his neck any longer should we have them say anything yes continuity matters i'm gonna i'm gonna say it right now here's what happened the tattoo artist or the makeup person went to the producers and said like hey this thing keeps rubbing off a of will like if I got to keep putting this thing back on him, it's going to cost you guys like another like 10 grand. And they're like, Oh yeah, fuck it. It's gone. I just, 10 grand. I think you mean 500 bucks. I just want to reference that we all watched stone cold last week. There's a little bit of fire in stone cold. There's a lot of fire in this movie, a lot of high temperatures. 
he was sweating a lot as a shirtless biker. It'd be really hard to keep some some makeup on this guy's neck through through the woods yeah. with that are ablaze. I'm telling you, they 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 struggle with that like the first day, and then like someone's like, yeah, write that out, write it out, and uh, write points it of out. order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bo Flops, and you can find Wabam Entertainment at W O B A M E N T on Twitter and Instagram. Firestorm can be rented across platforms for three ninety nine. I just I mean, don't, yeah, but you I, could. I think you should just listen to the show. But I also want to point out that it's sort of a travesty that this is available to stream, but Stone Cold isn't. Because, uh, but Stone Cold's free on YouTube, so it's it's more accessible than well, this term. Yeah, because yeah, somebody in Eastern Europe apparently loves Brian Bosworth and <laughs> torrented the movie and put it online. Donka, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate you, whoever you are. You're a hero. <laughs> To us all. <laughs> uh, so let's talk beer tonight. We're going back into uh, Surly's staple of brews, and we're drinking Axeman Double Bladed. So we did Axeman for Bullet to the Head, one of my favorite movies we've done on the pod. This is Double Bladed, so this is a double IPA. It is intense. It is a double Captain Cash approved, ten point nine percent ABV. Ooh. Uh, I'll be honest, it comes in a four-back, like all Surly beers. I would probably drink two, so I'd give this one bad movie. This is a lot. This beer's a lot to handle. Sounds intense. My sensitive tum-tum has had a hard time with this. <laughs> yeah. No, double IPAs can be hit or miss. Because sometimes it's not just the booze that gets you. It's like it's the flavor profile. They can be very uh, intense and bitter. Flavor so. forward, as we say. This yeah, is there you go. flavor forward, a hundred percent. It is intense to, and to the bitter. back of your head. Yeah. But you know, I have to admit, T Dubs, it's an excellent choice because the the motif <laughs> of the axe falling out of the sky plays through throughout the movie, not with any real payoff, but it is a motif that is repeated throughout the film. It's a so, uh, it's a metaphor. It's a good choice. The 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 dropping of the axe is a metaphor for director. Dean Semlar's career because Ooh. this is really the only movie he's directed uh, that made it to theaters. Uh, he did this. He also did a movie called The Patriot and not the Mel Gibson one. We'll come back oh, no. to that later. <laughs> uh, shockingly enough, though, he's been a very prolific cinematographer. He's been the director of photography on tons of movies, including pod favorite Last Action Hero, wow. The Road Warrior, Dances with Whoa. Wolves, and Apocalypto. He's been the DP on like 90 plus movies. Ooh, that's a lot of Mel Gibson though. Well, but not the Patriot. Wait, no, wait. You're right. No, but not yeah. that Patriot. Weird. A that's, Patriot. Not that that's, Patriot. That's that's kind of, that's that's almost too weird. His career is wild, and I centered a good portion of the trivia around it. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, this movie stars Howie Fourth and Long as Jesse. Yes, perhaps the worst hero name in an action movie of the 90s jesse oh come on uncle jesse would like you know here's the uh, difference uh, to to to, uh, to you know um contest that uncle jesse me. rode a motorcycle and wore a leather jacket this jesse just has a dumb struck look on his face throughout the entire movie and a yeah, head like and, an anvil it's strange and, then, and, and they they focus on his face only to have him make the weirdest possible expressions i'm like 
Is that the best take you got? Is that is it's, that what we're going with? It's like how long like, goes one take? Yeah, one something, take. Uh, like he's look, bewildered. He is look confused, Howie. One take, Howie. That's what they call him. Look as if take, Terry Bradshaw has just told you a joke, and it's not a culturally mm. appropriate one. Mm. So, <laughs> but what you're saying though about Uncle Jesse? Let's go back to Uncle Jesse here. Um, you're saying leather jacket mullet motorcycle so basically you're saying he hangs out with the boss uh yeah dude he's definitely part of the brotherhood mm. when well, he, before he moved in with danny the, tanner the, the good brotherhood not first of all, the nazi he, brotherhood uh he was a band jesse and the rippers right do you not think jesse and the rippers played it like sturgis at one point sure come on do you okay. not think that Jesse and the Rippers had like a... Uh, you know what? I bet you several members of the Brotherhood probably had a Jesse and the Rippers CD. I think right. Jesse and the Rippers had a standing invite to the Titty Twister in Mexico, which also means he's a vampire. Well, that... I would accept... That would, that would yeah, no, that, that would track. Between him and Paul Rudd, that, I, I'll buy that. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're making a lot of headcanon here, but I believe all of it's true. This also stars, and this is the heavy hitter of the movie, Scott Stick Glenn as Wint. Of course, we've also got William Ice Forsyth as Shay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie Blown Away Amos as Jennifer. I wasn't familiar with her, but she was in Blown Away, so what the hell? Wait, was, wait which one's Blown Away and which one's Backdraft? Blown Away is where Tommy Lee Jones is an Irish terrorist. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, with is it myth, Irish like IRA terrorist? Yes. Yeah, Northern Irish terrorist with uh, <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Car bombs. Yep. Jeff ponytails, Bridges. car bombs. Ponytails, car bombs. Mm. Uh, it's also got Vladimir Lothar Kulik as Karge. Yay, Bullseye! Which was a super welcome surprise, and I, I felt really good for Captain Cash when I chose this horrific movie, but then it had him in it. So it's like, ah. Oh. This is like the second thing I've seen you in. Vlad, yeah, you know, I, I like you though. Yeah, he's he's a physical presence. I think he adds to the movie, especially because he's in probably what I'd say is the best action scene in the movie. But we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, you've also got Barry Pepper. Hey, welcome, welcome back, back, Barry. Little Pep, little Pep, Pep. Oh, it's nice to have some Pep. He pep. appears as sex offender Packer. Oh no, uh, this Johnny Twenty Nine. This is actually his first movie. So there you go. Really? Uh-huh. Could have been his last, but he survived the firestorm. That bowl cut did him no favors. Uh, he looked yeah, like... Yeah, but I feel like it did help sell the sexual predator side. <laughs> he had a certain simple Jack quality to his. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, firestorm was a mega flop. It opened in seventh place with 3.8 million. And gross just eight point one million on a budget of thirty million. Yeah, it got uh, you know critics also let it burn. Sits at twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes Mm. with twenty six reviews. Audience score twenty six percent and an IMDb of four point eight. I think that's a Mm. little generous, but yeah. I mean, this isn't a good movie, but it it's they're like weird parallels with what we did last week. Yeah, what I will say about this movie is that the production values are high, relatively speaking. And I am fairly confident to say this is probably not a money laundering exercise. <laughs> they probably spent the majority of that budget on the screen. 
Yeah. There was a lot of fire. There's a lot of effects. There's a lot of stunt work. It, it, uh, it was a legit movie. There was, there was no, there, it doesn't appear this was like some sort of, uh, you know, producer uh, style springtime yeah. for Hitler. We're going to mm-hmm. recoup costs. Yeah. It just was, it was a bad write off. So yeah. this, uh-huh. uh, this movie went into turnaround. It was originally purchased by a different studio. They had hired a different star. I'm not going to spoil that yet. And it was going to have a way bigger budget. And then when the newer studio bought it, they're like, no, we can do this for cheaper. And I think that comes across in some of the horrific CGI towards the end of the film. And also with the smoke jumping. The initial, so I don't, I don't want to get too much into it, but the initial shot of them jumping out of the plane is very clearly shot. Like someone's just standing on the ground and they are jumping out onto mats. (laughs) <laughs> the camera is completely stationary as they like walk out <laughs> and the, worst the back of the plane. Is, the worst part is the long shots of them actually in the air because they do have some skydivers in the air. Like, but you know, yes, the initial shot is clearly people just jumping in a studio lot uh, yeah. off, of, off of like a stool. Uh, but then there is a shot of people actually skydiving here. They reuse that shot at the end of the film. And I'm like, I can't believe they're doing that. Like you have two big group skydiving scenes in the movie and they literally reuse the same shot at the beginning and the end. I'm like, wow. Wow. Well, you know, okay. There's some cost cutting that, uh, Uh, well, no, I mean, but it costs 30 million. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, are we going to do that again? Yeah. Nah, just Tom Cruise would have done it. They should have have flipped it. They just should have just flipped it. They should have done Honestly, and that's been done before, so why not? Uh, here's, exactly. the, uh-huh. here's the IMDb description, and I have to preface this with, yes, it's one sentence, but it's quite long-winded, and it's probably a run-on. <laughs> Firefighter Jesse Graves has to save ornithologist Jennifer and other people caught in a forest fire, which was set up by the lawyer of a convicted killer, Earl Shea, who escaped from the prison with several of his inmates posing as firefighters to recover $37 million in stashed loot. Is it is it strange that the film costs 30 million and the plot of the film is that they're attempting to recover 37 million? Uh, I just, there's a little, there's something poetic about that. There I might think. be some projection there. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, that was the hopes and dreams of the producers. I can get $7 million out of this. We'll call it a win. I know we said that this was a, this was not a tax write-off, but as I think about it, maybe I don't know. Uh, Uva Bull was not involved, so I think this Fair was point. Like that up. But well, we don't anyway. know. He could have been involved. He might have been the lawyer that set the fire. That's true. The match is lit. Yeah. So, what is your one-sentence description, Captain Cash? This is the weirdest Ghostwriter prequel you will ever watch. <laughs> okay. Who's Ghostwriter? <laughs> Who's Ghost Rider? Forsyth. in this. Forsyth? All right. Because yeah, he turns into Ghost Rider at the end. Oh, my I, God. Does he ever? I can't wait kinda, to talk yeah. about that. It is incredible. Okay. Okay. The I fake body writhing in agony is just top notch. Uh, Chumzilla. Backwoods Backdraft featuring the bodacious Barry Pepper. Okay. Backwoods Backdraft. That makes sense. What about, what about Con Flair? Oh, I like that. That's not bad. <laughs> that's that's poetic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into the plot. And 
this is going to be brief because this movie is incredibly stupid. That one sentence description pretty much covers the bulk that, of it. That's the whole movie. Yeah. Like that's the movie. The only thing it doesn't cover is the little like meat cute bit at the beginning where the old chief kind of talks about Howie Long's dad which none of that really comes back. It doesn't really matter. This is but that's pretty after that. That's that the rest of the movie is pretty much the description. Yeah. S- Scott Glenn, who I mentioned stick and daredevil and mm. he's in backdraft and he's in training day and he's in uh, silence of the lambs. This is his worst work. He has a fake limp. He's terrible in this movie. I don't think the script helps him, but there's nothing like he, he could not elevate this material. Like, Lance Henriksen elevated Stone Cold. Let's put it that way. Oh, uh, but to your point, they didn't give him much to do. Oh, nothing at all. He's just like there to stand there. All right. So anyways, smoke jumpers are an elite group of firefighters. There's only 400 of them. And somehow only one of them. Uh, 30,000. Well, there's 400 smoke jumpers. There's 30,000 fire. Uh, forest uh, firefighters but there's only 400 uh, 400 smoke, smoke jumpers yeah Come so on. you're right this oh, is geez. Only oh, geez. 100 lashes for me sorry i actually i mean honestly this is probably this is an incredibly dangerous job that this movie does no justice to <laughs> but yeah, I, that's fair like that's fair in complete honesty i was not prepared to believe that smoke jumper was a thing so I like Googled. I'm like, oh, no, there are people who really do this. This is a thing. It's for real. And, and, and we really God, need force prisoners to fight job. fires, too. Yeah, That's which is like, like one of the things you assume could not possibly be true about this movie. But yes, it is. So anyways, somehow only one of these smoke jumpers in this elite group of smoke jumpers is useful. Uh, so we open on a fire. Shocker. <laughs> open I, I, on I a fire. Yeah. And Jesse and Wint have to save a girl trapped in a cabin. Unfortunately, Wint is injured during the rescue and his smoke jumping career is over. Can we just address that he'd be dead? At least they'd all be dead. At least his spine would have been severed. He's he's crushed by a trailer. (laughs) The the blower half of his legs are. And then propane to escape the fire. They basically turn themselves into a baked potato they use that's that's not they, how those foil they use work. batman's cape from batman forever when oh, they that's try what and, that is when they try and light him on fire literally he's no, like that, hey that oh, tracks now you hot in here oh i'm hot it's real hot don't worry keep the blanket on you it's gonna be fine don't even worry about it so after all this yeah. we, we go to shay uh, Shay is a really dangerous criminal, played by William Forsyth, as we mentioned, and he and his cronies are hatching a scheme to escape the prison. As Chumpsilla mentioned, uh, prisoners were often used to go clear foliage from a forest, not do dangerous work. They're just supposed to, like, you know, clear out shit that would catch on fire. But he must be working with somebody because someone outside the prison, an unknown figure, ignites a forest fire. Shay then murders a fellow prisoner and poses as him to do the forest duties. Again, Shay is too dangerous to be given yes. that kind of Shay, you know, it, that kind he can't of be allowed freedom. that kind of freedom. Yeah, yeah. He, he's too wily, so, too crafty. Yep. Yeah, Shay was in a motorcycle gang and he stormed the Capitol. 
So he's he's a bad he, dude. Yeah, no, he's a bad dude. <laughs> so Shay and his cronies rob the actual firefighters during this duty, take their gear, lock them in the prison bus. But as they're making their way through this terrain that is now ablaze, Jesse spots them in a helicopter and smoke jumps in. He says, hey, you're heading directly into the backfire I set. It's supposed to collect the oxygen of the real fire. So this is sort of a theme of the movie. There's a lot of fires and it gets a little little confusing. They don't really explain a lot of this stuff. It's mostly done just as the Thunderous Wizard has presented it. Characters just say, hey, I lit a fire and you're walking into it. They're like, oh, I am, am I? If If you know nothing about forest fires, like myself, when you see him using a sort of grenade launcher to set another fire, it's a little curious. Well, it, it's a controlled burn. I am familiar with the controlled burn. But yes, there, there, there is a extended scene that just features Howie Long with no dialogue, just firing a, a rocket launcher into brush. Lighting like, it on fire. With that so, like, same, so is he an arsonist? What with, are we doing? Yeah, here? with the same confused Howie Long look that he has throughout the remainder of the movie. <laughs> That's the biggest challenge here. Like, if Howie Long looked like he knew what he was doing, like it was deliberate and like, or even if he was bored, like, no, this is just part of my job, it would have been fine. But that he's confused about what's happening makes me feel unsure about what his character is up to. Yep, here's what yep. we can here's what i can tell you about howie long's facial range when howie long is horny for the ornithologist he still looks confused when howie long is angry and wants to kill william Forsyth, still confused when howie long feels betrayed by a friend still confused he doesn't change looks at all he's a he's a limited the, instrument is howie long i'm sure he's very good at the football but uh, the yes, pinnacle yeah. of his yeah. facial range occurs while he's under that boat and William Forsyth is frying like bacon. He just looks like slightly amused. I would say the like, most excited uh, look he gets is uh, when he's about to ram his head into William Forsyth's ass, ass yes. boosting him through the hole in the boat. <laughs> That's fair too. So, That's fair. Anyways, Jesse bands together <laughs> with these Canadian firefighters, eh? They just came yeah, across the eh? border to help with the blaze, eh? That's <laughs> just nice of them. Over, That's eh? what they do. They're super nice, eh? They were just looking for Timmy Hortons, and then there was a forest fire. So, you know, had a couple of Elsinores and helped out with the blaze, eh? Got to help out. Come on. You want to help out? <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah. guiding them to the outpost, and then Shay instructs Karg to kill him. Um, it, I, You know, call me an idiot. But why didn't he just shoot Jesse in the back? I like what what is with the hey, you go in there and kill him. I, I, I like how he's very deliberate him. about it too. He's like, hey, can you take him? He's like, Yeah, okay. I mean, don't kill get me wrong, him. it's my favorite scene of the film because it actually there's some good physical stunt work in here. Like these guys are just beating the shit out of each other. And Howie Long, clearly, this is his element because Howie Long was a badass and you know, this is where he sort mm-hmm. of excels, but as a plot beat, it doesn't make a particular whole lot of sense, I guess. They sell the fight very well, but then it ends in a kind of a weird way. Well, it totally ends with, all right, so of course, Shea uh, betrays Karg. He wants the money for himself. Uh, the Dark Knight, you should credit this say, That's yeah, exactly yes. what this is. You, mm-hmm. you stole the plot of this movie for your opening scene because Shea is 
systematically killing off the other henchmen to collect the millions for himself. Yep. 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 Very Joker-esque. And in a different world, maybe in the multiverse, we got a William Forsyth as a greasy Joker riding a Harley. I mean, I could see that. Suck it, yeah. Jared Leto. I'm in for it. Why not? You know, Listen, we, like- got ha- we got how many Batman? We might as well have a couple extra Jokers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, in that universe, Steven Seagal was Batman who shit his pants. <laughs> really? He's just remembered as shit pants, man. Yeah. He's shat man. <laughs> there it is. He's kite man who shits his pants. So, hell Car- yeah. Hell yeah. As we said, Karg fights Jesse in the outpost. Shay sets the building on fire. This is how he betrays him. Um, again, there's a lot of fires in this movie. I think we're on fire number four at this point. <laughs> Sounds right. Uh, so, Jesse escapes using a dirt bike that he ramps out of this f- fiery building. We get might be the most awkwardly edited scene in the movie. The dirt bike yes. is in the building, and then all of a sudden it's on the roof of the building, and then it's outside of the building, like, launching. To, to, let's be straight here. The dirt bike was on display in an outpost that sells outdoor equipment. So the fact that it was functioning... And is, gassed up. ...is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, l- listen, if Chris Pine can fly a fighter jet in Wonder Woman 84... Surely Howie Long can get a display <laughs> dirt bike onto the roof of a building. Now you see, Captain Cash, I have no problems with him driving it. If he'd crashed out a window or a door, totally fine. But he, like, inexplicably rockets off the roof. Well, he needed the at, extra, at no, you know. At no point do you see him on well, a roof. Well, the, the bike the is not on collapsed the roof. And he rode part of the building up. Oh, there it is. Yeah. See? Oh, okay. Is that continuity so okay, i actually there's I'll a sure. there's a semi-decent chase here and i forgot to men- mention that the uh canadian air quotes firefighters had kidnapped the ornithologist yeah, and, for reasons for, well they, they even questioned themselves like the, the other henchmen are like hey why are we doing this and he's well, like <laughs> mm, yeah evil okay yeah. she could be our cool. evil cool. she <laughs> could be our hostage eh case we need for what you know for what but yeah sure yes sure so (laughs) that happens you know he escapes he saves the bird watcher Uh, i I actually like the chase because at one point he just starts a chainsaw and flips it in the air and it happens to go directly through the windshield of the pursuing truck and the best part of that is that nothing absolutely over the top happens as a result it's just that like yes literally throwing the chainsaw into their windshield forces them to stop for a second yeah it's like even though the chainsaw cannot, cannot harm them it's no, just but sitting it's, there it's, but it still caused them to like it's like I, I i can buy that i can buy that that was believable like that wasn't so over the top that i like had to stop for a moment and rub my yeah. temples so yeah. I'll, I'll take True. that that's so, fine hold on you're, you're skipping over the best part, though, because that Why is a fun be. scene. But in order to get the chainsaw and fling it at the bad guys, they have to like do some sort of like weird exchange where Howie Long and, and the ornithologist have to like switch oh, yes, positions on the dirt bike as, so he can access the chainsaw. As Captain Cash would note, this is a 90s movie. <laughs> and <laughs> listen. It's it, we all know what it's got to be. It's, it's pre matrix. It's pre matrix. This is when we get uh confused, horny Howie Long. Yeah, <laughs> he's, 
the chainsaw oh, is a metaphor for his there, libido. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's uh, great. It's oh, great. Howie. It's great. Moving, on. Moving on. So this all culminates with a showdown uh, at a lake, which is where all the fire is converging. Basically, every fire they've set for some reason or another, which, again, like in retrospect, the backflow fire, the outpost fire, every fire is a bad idea at this point because they're all stuck in this converging fire. Wint shows up to reveal that he set the original fire because without smoke jumping life wasn't worth living anymore. Mm-hmm. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> uh, yeah, how am I supposed to feel about that? No, I, I mean, it's the classic mentor turned evil thing, but I just, and I mean, they set it up nicely, right? Like he gets hurt. He can't do it anymore. And doesn't he, he needs money too. So he gets convinced that he can be, corrupted or whatever but like, i got i don't know i uh he kind of disappeared for part of the movie and when he came back it's like, it was me it was me the guy from the beginning oh yeah. okay <laughs> remember me i was crushed by a trailer now yeah. i'm back propane propane accessories it, yeah and as like any asshole in any movie ever he decides i've had enough and i'm not going to let this guy get away with it so instead of using a strategic position to try and shoot Shay, he walks directly at him without his gun raised and gets shot first and dies. Mm-hmm. So there goes Wint, I, I guess. Rip, buddy. Shay gets into a motorboat with the yeah. ornithologist to get away. Of course, Howie Long's not having that shit because he throws an axe so hard it catches the moving motorboat and hits him he threw that wicked hard i would like to know who y'all if this is going to come up later stop me but between momoa and sylvester stallone and now howie long who wins in that three-way axe fight oh jimmy bobo the whole way i mean Mm. yeah but jimmy bobo and uh momoa seem to be constrained by like at least cartoon physics. Yeah, they're as they're opposed both. to. Yeah, yeah. I can you know throw what? an axe so fast it hits a moving motorboat. That's pretty impressive. I couldn't it believe is. that they went and with how long has got good reach to have the. Say, he's got long arms, but I couldn't believe they went with the decision to have the boat moving and then the throw. Like, couldn't he have him like struggling to get the boat going, and then the axe is in the air, and then it starts to move? That's a little more believable than it's like mm. 30 yards on the fly, and yeah. he just hucks it. But more believable, but less impressive. Yeah, less true, fun. True. Well, you know what's even more impressive is that Shea survives the axe. You should have aimed for the head. <laughs> Again, comic book movies just stealing directly from this film. Because Shay's not dead, and he's gonna get that bitch if it kills him. Because because again, evil. So water fight. He gets under the boat that they're hiding under to save themselves from the flames. Shoots a hole in the top of it. Howie Long, like the creature from the Black Lagoon, circles around, gets deep, and has enough force to ram his head into Shay's ass and push him through the hole in the boat. Where he is just getting and the way that this is shot, it's like Jaws. Like how we long, how we long is Jaws, and the camera is pushing up on William Forsythe's 
ass. And it is like, it really focuses on it. Like it's not his feet. It's not like generally it's his butt. And I'm like, it's is he going to button taint area? Yeah. yeah. What, what's about to happen? Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's, it's, it's a weird choice for the cinematography there. You don't know how this is all going to shape out when he's going in for the kill. But then it does shape out the best possible way in fairness. So All he, I have to say is that that boat is clearly made of the same material as their baked potato blanket from the opening. Yes. Because it's it's very entertaining that on the outside of the William Forsythe's head is bursting into flames violently and them separated from whatever temperature extremes that are causing that. Uh, you know, the only barrier between them and that is is, is just some thin sheet metal. It's, but they're just totally fine. Yeah, it's not a thick boat. Um, he literally, it's like the uh, the guy that Joker shakes hands with in Tim Burton's Batman. Ooh, you look a little hot under the collar. Like <laughs> his head is smoking. He's writhing in agony. And it's a he dummy. He becomes Ghost Rider. Yeah. It's it, a just dummy. His head is on fire. It's his shoulders dummy. are untouched. Yeah. His neck, pretty okay. It does not spread below the threshold of the boat. So it's a mannequin. You see them as he's holding this guy up, and it's just a mannequin's arms going back and forth. It's not a real person at this point. No. It is worth every second. In it's fact, something. I, I would just fast forward to the end of the movie just for that. It certainly I, helps that last that last uh, act, that third act, uh, aside from the uh, ghostwriter head, you know, barbecue. Uh, is tough that whole the whole third act it just it's just like what is going on here the entire time you know who else survives the movie the two baby birds she finds who are seemingly submerged underwater for several minutes but they survive well they were in altoids 10 yeah that's true that's true yeah and 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 how long is going to learn to love them yeah and that's how you know they're going to get together and stay together yep forever Mm. A lot of Welcome heat. to the 90s. Yeah. There we go. Tail end of the 90s, just as weird as the beginning of the 90s. It, 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 that, that poor bird lady, she was just out taking some, you know, uh, bird pictures. And then the next thing All you know, she wanted she's to do was kidnapped and now she's now she's in love. Have some bird watching fun. And she had a feeling she wasn't the only one. Mm. Uh. <laughs> okay, so how many beers are required for Firestorm? I'm going to kick us off and I'm going to say four pain beers. Yeah. This is a, no, it's a fair, five. It's fair assessment. Yeah. This is not a good movie. It's not good. It's yeah. I, I keep, I keep saying it. Um, I'll give it four pain beers as well because the movie opens promising. Like it it's kind it? of one of those things. <laughs> does it's it kind of like, promising? you're like, it does. You're like, okay. This is a little goofy. It's a firefighter movie. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to root for Howie Long. And then it gets a little more complicated. And then you get introduced to the villains. And then Howie Long disappears for a bit. And the villains start doing villains, villain stuff that doesn't make any sense. Because they're evil. Because they're evil. And it's just like, <clears throat> I, I don't really okay. And then and then there's conflict because Howie Long comes back into the movie and finds them. And then the, the end of it just is like stuff just happens until the movie ends. It's like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, sure. I and mean, it, it, it ends what feels like several times 
Like, yeah. oh, okay, we're, we're done. It's, we're done. The movie. Okay. It's got the horror movie villain thing. Like he should yeah. have just been dead with the ax throw. Yeah. Yeah, I like that it did it right. It did sure, not. Yeah. It. it did not. Well, and you also had the false bad guy and, and stick being like, Oh, I did it. And it's like, Oh, is he the bad guy? Wait, wait. And actually, it I was actually, me. I think this really. movie's better if he acts throws Forsyth and then Stick tries to kill him because yeah, then there's 100%. a betrayal. And it's like, oh shit. That's yeah, 100%. Because the, the nice guy from the beginning has to fight in the end. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the movie has some stuff that could have worked. And of course, it steals from better movies. But yeah, none of it, none of it really, the end of it falls apart. So yeah, you're right there. 100% T dubs, four fingers. You got to add a little, uh, you know, intrigue there at the end. So, all right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to hear from our buddies and beer over at Hop Nation USA. And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about Firestorm. Some of them are too hot to handle. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 146th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. We're talking 1998's Howie Long classic, Firestorm. And we've got some lingering questions about the film. The first being, as far as films starring former professional athletes go, or current professional athletes, where does this rank? Now, I'm okay, going to... When we say professional athletes, are we including wrestlers? I'm including wrestlers. But here's the caveat. We're going to eliminate Cena and The Rock because they're and Batista. They're like bona fide A-list stars at this point. Yeah, but fair. The sludge. Well, so Howie Long was in Broken Arrow. Yep. He Uh was in 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Which is not a good movie, but it is a fun movie. It's a lot of fun, that movie. Is that Um, Kurt Russell? Yeah, Uh Kurt Russell and And uh, Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a badass, bad movie. (laughs) It, it opens with a CGI scorpion fight for no reason whatsoever. It's incredible. Yep, yep. They had extra money, awesome. apparently. <laughs> yeah. We got we to gotta burn through a couple million dollars. Animate some scorpions fighting for no reason. Um, but, like, I'm trying to think. Does everybody remember Kazam? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With you mean Shaq? That, that movie was Sinbad? Shaq oh, shit. No, it, it's not. It's not. It's. I am Kazam. What 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 the was rapping, Shaq? The rapping genie. No, that, that it's Shaq. But there's there's a joke that a lot of people think there was a movie that Sinbad was in, but it's not. It's Kazam. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Are yeah. you the only it's, one it's, who knows this joke? No, For a second it's, there, it's one I, of those Mandela effect things. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was in. I was in Bernstein. Bernstein Bears territory. Bernstein. Bernstein was his monster. Um, but yeah, no. Um, you know what, what? What's the uh, what? What's the one with Dennis Rodman double team? So we're doing double. Yeah, team that's what we're doing next week. week. This is better yeah. than double team, as I recall. I'd yeah. say it's better than Kazam and Steel. Steel, yeah, that's a bad one. Uh, for me, there's like a there's a very distinct hierarchy of like B movie, mm. 
films starring uh, professional athletes turned uh, pseudo action stars. Like they live is at the top. Uh, yeah, so, no, that, that works. Yeah, you know, rowdy, and rowdy. somewhere in the middle, maybe you get Stone Cold, and then you get like I, I feel like that's Kogan generous, shit. but sure. You know, you what get the about whole... the A-Team remake with uh, Rampage? See, so that's a good one, right? So that'd be closer to the top. Uh, you know, then then you get like Mr. Nanny and Suburban Commando, which we, a long time ago, I did. Most popular episode in pod history. Yeah. Um, so there's like really, really bad movies. And Firestorm's yeah, above those. The production values are, are quite high. They really this, are. This is any action movie starring any bad actor. Like... I mean, I'd rather Steven watch. Seagal could have been in this movie. I'd rather watch Howie Long do this than a number of other people who are just yeah. crappy action stars. Who else could you have in 1998? Because Schwarzenegger was done at this point. He was like, yeah, "Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to go do politics for a while." He's pretty much had his heart issue, and then he briefly came back, and then it, then he's done. Yeah. So yeah. So who? Who else could you have put in this? Seagal. No, no, but no. no this, even Seagal is getting kind of old by 98. He's even yeah, he would still take point. anything you gave him, though, I'm saying. Yeah, but if you well, right, this but somewhat, make this work, yeah. though, is what I'm saying. Oh, make somewhat it work. Respectable. Oh. In 98? 98. That's tough, right? This is Nick Cage territory for action movies. This is where yeah, he was Will the Smith. action. Yeah, Will Smith. Will Smith could maybe do it, but who's throwing an axe that far that hard believably i don't think either either of those actors have no, the same physical tried, presence as a giant human Gibson. well it's going to be a question on the quiz on okay. who this was originally offered to and right. we'll, we'll see if you think that was a better idea I mean, okay i mean when was street fighter 95 96 96 yeah. Yeah, this is even late for van damme well van damme by this point was pretty much drugged out of his gourd so <laughs> And I love Van Damme, uh, but to me, he's still a B-list action star. If like we had to like go through, oh, for rankings sure. of action stars, like there's very few AA-list action stars. Obviously, he, Arnold and Sly are those are the guys for a, over a decade. I've said it before. You know, Van Damme has never had a Rocky. He's never had a, a T2. Like and, he's never had a movie that transcended the genre of action movie schlock. And he was the king of canon films, essentially. Like a lot yeah. of his early films were cheaply made. Cyborg. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, that's a canon film, right? Kick exactly. Kick boxer. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, best anyway. action scene of this film. I think. I think we're all going to be on the same page here. I think it's got to be the the outpost fight with with Carl. You no, know, no, I think that's very fair to say that that outpost fight is the best action scene or best fight scene in the movie. But just like as far as generic action goes, I, I still think the opening is relatively strong. Like the opening gives the movie a lot of potential. Like as you see uh, Jesse, you know, uh, Howie Long's character being very heroic and saving people and there's explosions and there's a lot of there's a lot of money on the screen in that opening. So it, it gives the movie a lot of potential that it doesn't necessarily capitalize on. But no. I agree with you 100%, T-Dubs. As far as a straightforward action slash fight scene, yeah, the outpost fight. Because it's the most brutal and it's the most believable. It doesn't seem cartoony. It doesn't seem overly cartoony until the dirt bike. Yeah. I assume Howie Long did his own stunts in that. It looks like he did. I know that he was actually going back and forth between Fox, NFL Sunday, and the set of this film. 
Like he'd That's have to wild. Go, go do that job and then come back. But I really was entertained by him and and the dude from the 13th Warrior just throwing each other around a yeah. supply store. It, I mean, there may have been some stunt doubles in that scene, but it's nothing like some of the bad stuff we saw, like face off or anything like that. Like it, it's not obvious if it's there. It's not like William Forsyth in the motorcycle chase with Brian Bosworth, where it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly a wig. What do you think, Captain Cash? Oh, uh, first of all, Chumzilli is right. The movie works the best in the the opening because there's a lot happening happening, and not a lot of it involves Howie Long needing to act. He just has to do stuff, right? He just yeah. he yeah, has to be he has to be physical. Like he's got to save a girl from a burning building. You're like, hey, this could be going somewhere, and, and then it don't. Doing it, he looks yeah. heroic doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we have the rest of the movie, and yeah, not so great. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I will say this because I'm sure it won't come up later. I was shocked by the transition from that opening scene where you're you're building up this Jesse character as this, you know, he's basically, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, the, the Duke from GI Joe, right? He's like. He's the good guy. He's the leader. You're going to get behind this guy for the rest of this movie. And then it goes straight to that like boot camp scene. And he's kind of a dick. <laughs> and it's like, it's a real harsh transition. It's like, you went from being heroic and you're rooting for him. And now he's kind of a high school bully. Well, spoiler <laughs> alert, Duke was a dick. Yeah. Well, it turns out, yeah, Duke <laughs> was a dick too. Yeah. So I think. Now I'm on. I'm firmly on one side of the fence with this. Who do you think had a more promising career as an action star? Had things worked out, Bosworth or Howie Long? I mean, that's tough because clearly something was happening with Bosworth based on Stone Cold. Like you don't rock that kind of mullet, a leather like a black leather mankini, and all of that. The rest of that nonsense, and not like have screen presence. But here, Howie Long just looks like sort of like a very handsome shaved ape most of the yeah. film. No, I, I see what you're saying here, Captain Cash. And I agree with you. Howie Long has a look that had a, a, a ton of potential because he's got he's got the handsome and he's got the wholesome, which that's a good combination. That's Captain America territory, right? Yeah, except he Bo- you know, Bosworth is not Captain America. No, he's got more edge to him. But here's the problem. <clears throat> Howie Long's personality is Wonder Bread. The edge that the Boz brought had much more potential in terms of being an action star because he could have been that, that anti-hero guy. And again, I think pro- one of the problems in that movie is that he was a heel. He could also be a great villain. He had, he had the ability to be the anti-hero and a villain, whereas Howie Long just has to be the, you know, the Captain America white bread guy. He has no other range beyond that. Anything well, else, he gets, he gets that confused look on his face. I was going to say, I feel like you're being generous saying he has range beyond that because I'm not sure he actually achieves that range. He just looks like he might be Captain America. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like well, freeze frame. Here are my thoughts on it, right? I, I would choose the Boz. I think there's a certain level of self-awareness you need to have in Hollywood where the Boz would just do it to do it. Like he knows what his character is. 
let's just go wherever the wind takes us. Whereas Howie Long is a much more limited instrument, even though it's not like the Boz was a terrific actor. Mm. Oh, that's fair. But, that's fair. Like I could easily imagine the Boz playing a role like kindergarten cop where he comes in and says, I'm the potty pooper. And then he has to, he, he just fits that a lot. Like he can be the gruff, tough a-hole and then also do the others. I think he's willing to do that. Well, that self-awareness is key. And I think he does it's have huge. elements of that. Yeah. Um, and also he was in a much better movie now, you know, broken arrow, how long is fine in broken arrow because he's playing he's a henchman. Off of, yeah, he's yeah. playing off of John Travolta, who is doing the heavy lifting of I'm going to be as ludicrous as humanly possible. You just enjoy the ride. And he's actually good at enjoying the ride. He just can't be the driver. Mm-hmm. That's so, fair. I mm-hmm. would say Boz. That's just me. Um, I'm, there. I'm right there with you. So the movie ends, as we discussed, in absolutely ridiculous fashion. I'm curious if either of you can name a more absurd death scene than William Forsyth his body kicking and screaming as as his head is set aflame outside of a boat in an 80s or 90s action film and I do have some examples like I thought about Bad Dog from Cutthroat Island oh yeah that's just a bad pre-mortem one-liner though otherwise it's just a cannonball I thought about Powers Booth slowly descending into the Civic Arena clearly on a crane as he passes Van Damme and it's going like a mile per hour. Uh, Lance <laughs> mm-hmm. Henriksen pulling the grenade out of his pants and hard target. And then it still ignites and he goes, Oh, oops. Uh, see what the potty Richter in, uh, in total recall where Arnold hangs Michael Ironside off the edge of a elevator and his arms get ripped off. And then he tosses the two arms. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is he going to do? Hang on to the arms? What's he going to do with that? He could beat some people to death with him. I'm just saying. He did throw away two very viable weapons. Good point. Clubs, Mm. perhaps. Yeah. I mean, Mm. honestly, they're they're whomping sticks. This is my whomping stick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the only one I can think of that even comes close to those that... It's not in the same vein, but it's so over the top that it's like it's just nuts. Is I can't think of his name now, but the, the bad army guy in uh, what, what is that? Is that uh, Dawn of the Dead? No, Day of the Dead. The Day of the Dead, where where they're where they're uh, out at the army outpost, and, and the, the guy gets ripped in half and gets his guts pulled out. No, that that's day. That's Dawn of the Dead in the. It, he's a biker in the mall. No, 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 not the, no, no, no. It's the, uh, the 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 sequel to that, which is Day of the Dead, right? Okay. Which is where they're like in this like military bunker and they're doing the experiments on the zombies in the basement, and you know it goes it goes horribly awry, right? But the bad the no. bad army guy. No way. <laughs> yeah. He gets like ripped and he, he gets like a really nasty, like, you know, intestine scene. And it's so over the top, but like, you're supposed to hate the guy by that part of the movie. Mm. Like, I, I, yeah, to me, that was, it was so ridiculous, but it was supposed to be poetic. So I'm like, all right, but yeah, but it's not your traditional action movie, but I'm just throwing that out there. That uh, one to me, it always stuck well, out. It's like, a, it was just like, it, it was just kind of like, wow, that guy's getting his just desserts. 
I think I think a lot about let off some steam, Bennett, where Arnold r- See, rips but, a piece of piping off a wall and throws it through but, fat Freddie Freddie Mercury's chainmail. But the best part of that is that you know Vernon Wells, and the best part yes, of that is yeah. like that, that that doesn't seem ridiculous until he says let off some steam, Bennett. I, I mean, it's pretty words. ridiculous when the steam starts blowing through him. Um, even uh, even true lies. Where the terrorist tumbles onto the missile. Oh yeah, no, that's a like, you're filed. Yeah, and then, and then he get like see, but like, like this one is so insane because of everything else. Or like the manner of death is nuts, but all the rest of it, like you know, being shot on a missile and exploding is pretty crazy and insane and amazing. Having just your head catch complete fire is also pretty insane and amazing yes and the fact but, that they had to use a fake body yeah and a boat yeah and water and an inferno outside where the other two people are completely protected that's where i'm like this really this kind of kicks it up a notch for just crazy i i've watched a lot of bad action movies and i was like dumbstruck at the insanity of the way he kills him. Well, it, it, again, it goes back to how silly and how counterintuitive the rules of physics in this universe are. Because everything's on fire, but our heroes are always seemingly like in a little pocket of not on fire. The only no matter thing where they are, this movie needed to make this lake scene better was the grandma who was on fire in Dante's mm-hmm. Peak, like Dante's Peak, yeah. doing laps. Oh, doing yeah, laps no, that's a good one. Like, <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is, so you completely blew past this in your plot description after, you know, they exit the overturned capsized boat, you know, that's, that somehow shielded them from whatever was igniting Will Forsyth's head on fire violently. Uh, it starts to rain. Yeah. And they get this. And it puts it, the entire I, fire out. Puts a fire out. What I thought was hilarious though is, is the water is falling and it's sizzling on top of the boat. I'm like, oh, it's the acid from Dante's Peak. I mean, <laughs> like, oh, it's acid yeah. rain. It's going to melt everybody. Doesn't Pierce? Sadly. All this was missing was Pierce Brosnan showing up and be like, it's going to blow. Like what? What? It already <laughs> did blow. <laughs> yeah. it, for the record, it, it's Captain Henry Rhodes. That's the guy that dies in Day of the Dead. Oh well. Glad we know that. That's yeah. that, That's who See I was later, talking Captain, about. But Captain Henry. Yeah, he, he, was he it gets James torn Rhodes? in half. Henry, Henry Rhodes, uh, played by Joseph uh, Pilato. Okay, anyway, so yeah. on yeah. that note, uh, we're going to take our second break. We're going to hear from our tag team partners over the Double Turn Podcast. And when we come back, we've got the Fight Fire with Fire trivia challenge. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello and welcome back to our Firestorm episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. And we are on to the Fight Fire with Fire trivia challenge. Gentlemen, 
we have a standard five question, multiple choice format quiz to chime in, either stick with one of our stalwarts or say, Hey, smoke jumper, you still alive? Or I'd rather die from smoke than roast like meat. Who like when they (laughs) delivered that lie, like we didn't talk about it, but like, why did they not get a second read? Like, Hey, random actor who isn't going to do anything else in this movie. Can I just, we get it. We need another take. Hold on. I forgot to mention this. Can we just take a pause for how ridiculous every scene of the people trapped in the prison bus was? The shirtless guy was too much for me to handle. None of it made any sense. Like who, like what is going on there? Like that, that whole, that whole prison bus thing was like, I, I had questions. I had a lot of questions. Anyway, let's, just, let's keep moving. Either way, if you'd rather die from smoke, let me know. <laughs> the winner gets William Forsythe's melted prosthetic head, which I think is a fine piece for any that collector. Is. Yeah, you set that on the I'll coffee table. I feel like, yeah. You know, that's a conversation piece. What is that? Well, you see, there's this 1998 movie starring Howie Long. Let me show you my um, Altoids box of baby birds. Yeah. And tell yeah. you a story. I have. You remember that fun. movie Backdraft? Can you imagine this a significantly it. worse version of that? Hey, you know that movie where Scott Glenn away. was a firefighter? Not Backdraft, no. This is better than Backdraft. <laughs> mm. All this was missing was sex on top of a uh, <laughs> fire engine. And <laughs> Billy Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it Alec Baldwin? It's one of the bald ones. It's Billy. It's Billy. Okay. Okay, number one. I shit you not, the original screenwriter of Firestorm, Chris Soth, wrote this as his thesis for his MFA screenwriting program at this university. Was it A, USC? Was it B, UCLA? Was it C, NYU? Or was it D, California Institute of the Arts? Smoke jumper. Tarts and farts. Captain Cash. Cal Arts. Incorrect. Damn. Mm. Uh, Reggie Bush's uh, Heisman Trophy. Uh, yes, Chumzilla. Uh, yeah, USC. Yeah, USC. That is correct. This was his senior thesis. I mean, honestly, it, it is, like it's a decent it, piece of screenwriting for a college student. I, you know Milius what? Th- but... This is a story that just needed a good editor. And it it's was, got a it lot was, of interesting uh, twists and it's got connections, but you got to tighten it up. It was rewritten. So I, I know he gets credit, but he probably didn't have uh, mm. the final edit. Do you think so. when he was writing it, he was like, this is my Star Wars? Uh, yeah, probably just like uh, just like that Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably thinking about how sweet Howie Long was going to look. In it. Yeah, he's like, this is going to be Howie Long star vehicle. Huge oh, Raiders yeah. fan. Huge Raiders fan. Huge Raiders fan. Big, big Villanova fan too. That helps. Well, here you go. Because here's number two. It's one nothing. Chumzilla. Firestorm was originally purchased by Savoy Pictures. That hmm. studio went bankrupt. But before they did, they offered this actor twenty million dollars to star in it. Jeez. Of course, he accepted. But it never happened because when it went to turnaround, they, they didn't, didn't have, have the 20 million. Yeah. So is it a Jean-Claude Van Damme, 
B, Sylvester Stallone, C, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or D, Kurt Russell? Farts and farts. Shabzilla. I do believe this gun, <clears throat> excuse me, I think this one goes to Sly. It is Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yeah. it, it does have a certain like cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, daylight. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Disaster movie. Mm-hmm. So we're at two nothing, but don't fret, Captain Cash, because I have a bonus that is worth up to three points. Okay, oh boy. Because Van Damme, Kurt Russell, and Arnold Schwarzenegger all did portray firefighters in movies. Can you name those movies? All right. Tarts and farts. Captain Cash. Kurt Russell is in backdraft. That's mm-hmm. one. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Was it Daylight? Where he's in the tunnel? Well, not him. I, I mentioned Arnold and Van Damme. But he oh, might Van have been Damme. a firefighter in that. No, I, I don't think he was. I think he was just no. a guy. Arnold and Van Damme, firefighters. And the Van Damme movie we did on this pod. I did. Time Cop. No, no. No, he was a time cop in Time Cop. It's right there in the name. Oh, Come on. Yeah. It wasn't a time firefighter. What what, what, what was Now what I Giles want that movie. That's the sequel to Time Cop, yeah. Time Firefighter. Time, time, fire, time, fire, what, fire. what was Giles' official rank? Was he a firefighter in the army? It's oh. Colonel Giles. Colonel William F. Giles. <laughs> uh, for the record, Van Damme was sudden death. He used to be a firefighter. At the beginning oh. of the movie, he smothers a child. <laughs> then he would go. But Arnold, well, who hasn't wanted to smother a child? I mean, it's, Arnold was most that, of us just fight the urge. Was that shitty movie where he goes to fight South American terrorists? Collateral damage. He was a fighter. Oh, I always forget about that one. I get that I, one. He was collateral. Also, Axe throws oh. in that movie. I hate that. Movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, so it's I've never to, seen it. Two to one. Good for me. We're on to number three. As mm-hmm. mentioned, Dean Semler did direct a movie titled The Patriot. Oh no. Which of these B-list action stars starred in it? Is it A, Antonio Sabato Jr.? Is it B, Patrick Muldoon? Is it C, Steven Seagal? Or is it D, Dolph Lundgren? Arts and Tarts. Captain Cash. If he stars in the movie, he stars in the movie. Give me Dolph. Incorrect. Ah, man. Are you still alive, Smoke Jumper? I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and go with A. It was Seagal. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. You bring him up so been, often, like, it didn't seem like. Patriot, yeah. I would have believed it. But without I the will, out uh, for, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'll eventually post the trailer on social. It is, it is something. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Boy. It is something. So, mm. number four, right, still whatever. two to one. Dean Semler was a prolific cinematographer, as I mentioned. He even won an Oscar for his work on this film. Was it A, We Were Soldiers? Was it B, City Slickers? Was it C, Apocalypto? Or was it D, Dances with Wolves? Hearts and Tarts. Chumpsilla. I'm going to go with Dances with Wolves. That is correct. That was the critical uh, well, darling, I guess. Yeah. He won the Oscar for Dances with Wolves. So you've won the prosthetic head, which is a real conversation starter. Also, <laughs> no, we're together, brother. Let's go. Yeah. Head, 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 head. head, head. Don't worry. Sorry. Uh, this is for pride, Captain Cash. Mm-hmm. All right. Dean Semler was also the cinematographer for this one-time shit movie champion, 
of the pod? Is it A, Stort saves his family? Is it B, Battlefield Earth? Is it C, Super Mario Brothers? Or is it D, The Adventures of Pluto Nash? Farts and Tarts, Pluto Nash. Incorrect. Ah. Uh, I'm going to have to say Battlefield Earth. It was Super Mario Brothers. Oh my no God. No way. Yeah, he's. <sighs> So he has like That's this amazing. crazy career of like great movies, and lately he's just been doing a lot of Adam Sandler movies. That but, but hey, cash and checks, man. Yeah, yeah. Cash at a certain checks. point, so he, yeah, he, that's he, what Adam Sandler's doing with those Adam Sandler he did movies. The Road Warrior and the Warriors, man. Wow, wow. So yeah, dances with wow. wolves to Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers I mean, Adam Sandler. Both sure. have uh, you know a scene in the middle of you know the planes one is dino dinotopia you you know i'm just gonna say this and and lance hendrickson yeah so there you go i'm just gonna say this though like you know what i can't judge i wish i was doing cinematography on adam sandler movies right now because i'm sure that pays an absolute buttload of money i would love to be a cinematographer and not uh, on shitty movies that just you just get paid and i'm like i just I just set the cameras up and I film these assholes and they cut the checks. Not a fledgling podcast host who just paid $40 for Brian Bosworth's 1988 autobiography. Do you know how much steel reserve you could have bought for that $40? I'm just saying. I I think I'll take the autobiography. I feel like they're both about to do the same amount of damage to your well-being by consuming them. So either or, I guess. Tomato, uh, tomato. The Boz, even the back cover of the Boz autobiography is so clear that whatever's going to take place b- between the folds is mostly highly sensationalized garbage. <laughs> he was a cartoon character. Yeah. Let's just, let's just be fair. I mean, he's in the he, best way. In knew the best how to way. He knew how to sell so let's get on to recommendations for this week. Uh, what do you have, Captain Cash? So I caught the tragedy of Macbeth with uh, Denzel Washington, really enjoyed that. Uh, it's shot in a way that it, I guess they wound up using a ton of CGI, but it's shot in a way that looks very stark and minimalist, and the whole film is in black and white. Um, if you like Shakespeare, it's pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really want to watch that. That's on Apple TV. It is. Um, you know, Howie Long finished second for that. So. I, I bet. <laughs> I, I figured he'd be in the running for Banquo. Yeah, runner up for, for he, many she's roles. a tad too tall for Lady Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, so, Chumpsil, what do you got? Well, uh, my recommendation is inspired by one of the oddball references in this episode's movie. Um, it's an episode of MASH. Uh, it's called uh, Mulcahy's War. It's the 106th episode of MASH, uh, the ninth season, or I'm sorry, the ninth episode in the fifth season of the show. And it would have aired in 1976. Uh, and it does feature Father Mulcahy performing an impromptu tracheotomy with a pin knife and a ballpoint pen. You can't actually do that. You can. And that is absolutely what this movie is referencing because this was a famous episode of MASH. I have seen it. Um, it's a good episode because I love Father Mulcahy, the boxing oh, priest, the, they also the boxing padre. In, uh... I love it. They do it in uh, Nobody as well. He performs yeah. a tracheotomy. Uh, it, 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 can, it can be done. It can be done. Listen, um, It's a great episode of MASH. I love MASH, but yeah, check it out. Okay, he's war. 
uh, ninth uh, episode of the fifth season. Thank you, Chumzo. Captain Cash, don't shit on my parade. I'm like one of those. Don't shit on MASH. It's a yeah. great television show. I'm one of those. I, I'm not. I'm just telling you that you can't perform a tracheotomy with a pen. I'm try to breathe. Try to take a pen. Take hollow out a pen. Hold it to your lips and try to breathe through just that and get enough oxygen. You will die trying to do that. In real life, do not attempt to perform a tracheotomy with a pen. Okay, but counterpoint. You are a buzzkill, sir. Yeah, my entire life is based on the philosophy of those new Sling TV commercials where someone's like, oh, are you a doctor? And it's like, no, I just watch a lot of shows on TV. So, Fair enough. So, like, I... I live knowing that at any given moment, maybe I get in a dirt bike chase through a fiery wood and I have to throw a chainsaw through somebody's windshield. I always, I always leave my house under the assumption that I may have to do that. I mean, do you not keep a spare throwing chainsaw behind your driver's seat at all times? It's in my glove compartment. You want to, you want your standard chainsaw for like, you know, clearing brush and cutting down trees and stuff. And then you need your, yeah, right. And then you need and then your throwing, throwing chainsaw. chainsaw. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I've got axes. Yeah, totally. I've got, uh, you know, I got everything I need should the situation arise. And if somebody said, hey, you can't do a tracheotomy, I'm like, yeah, I can. You know why? Because I've seen Firestorm. Saw it on TV. <laughs> yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want because I saw Firestorm. So, fact, including igniting Will Forsyth's head with magic fire powers. If you don't think Inch- I can swim inches like away a, from your not burning face. If you don't think I can swim like a dolphin in a lake and ram you in the ass so hard I put your head through a boat. You know, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if that is a threat or an offer. It's a bit of both, I suppose. Uh, yeah, a little from column A, a little from column yeah. B. Sure. Don't don't threaten Chimpsil with a good time. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so my recommendation is uh broken arrow. So two John Woo movies <laughs> in two weeks. Uh, Broken nice, Arrow is nice. it's truly spectacularly terrible, <laughs> and it's free on Paramount Plus. Uh, it's much worse. I think it's than, free several places. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it advertised all over. It's yeah. much worse than Hard Target. Hard Target's like an actually like pretty legit action movie with a semi-legit so? action star. Yeah, because John Travolta has to pretend like he can box at the start mm. of Broken Arrow, and from that point yeah. on, he's like. Not good. And, and the, the Christian Slater doesn't really carry it either. Right? But it has some badass stunt work and uh, John Travolta chewing every scene and mm-hmm. Howie Long, who gets kicked through a train. So <laughs> enjoy. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And Howie Long is clearly much better suited to just be somebody having fun than to carry the entire film. Not a leading man. Yeah. Good. Good backup, dude. Though and it's it's putting a lot on a guy to be like, hey, you've never really acted, and you're forty. Uh, do you want to lead this entire movie? Like this is all on you now. Feel like so, you're asking a lot there. Yeah. You know, I love Howie. Clearly a badass dude. Yeah, it, I mean, he he's been a big stud. Yeah, and his son's Chris and Foot. <laughs> also <laughs> badass dudes. <laughs> Jeez. So I got to get this out now because this is my favorite by far Howie Long story. Okay. Rob Halford is the lead singer of the heavy metal band Judas Priest. And uh, he was interviewed several years ago and asked, 
you know, which celebrity he would like to sleep with. And his answer was without hesitation, Howie Long. <laughs> and I always think that's just absolutely hilarious because I have to admit, Howie Long is a good looking dude. So breaking the law, Judas Priest has a crush on Howie Long. So that's right. how you know he's cool. There you go. Good for him. Yeah. Um, so remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Beal Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. You can find Captain Cash on pretty much every social media, including TikTok. Got, a, oh, yeah. got like 50,000 views for that dance thingy. I don't think that's a lot, but I don't know, really. I don't it understand feels like TikTok. A lot. feels like it's like a lot. People it's more than I have. to Firestorm. <laughs> oh. so at c-a-p-t-c-a-s-h on again all social media you can find chumpzilla when he's not nosing around william forsyth's anus at chumpzilla on twitter <laughs> and mccheese who is somehow missing my favorite series of shit movies <laughs> at hbof mccheese on twitter and remember to check out Wabam Entertainment at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram at, and at WabamEntertainment.com. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, fire moves uphill. Wise words from Jesse the Smoke Jumper. <laughs> we'll see you next week. For the third installment of our Hops and B-List Action Star Flop series with the unforgettable Dennis what are we doing? Van Damme <laughs> classic, Double Team. This will be Kim Jong-un's favorite episode. Uh-huh. He honey-dicked the shit out of Van Damme and Rodman before. <laughs> are you still alive, smoke jumper? Oh, man. Be still my beating heart for William Forsyth. <laughs> And he, he worked so hard in these last two movies. <laughs> <laughs>